Welcome in to another edition of the Wisports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson, general manager at Wisports.net, and your host right here for the WSN podcast each and every week. Last week, we talked heavily about boys basketball, had a great conversation with Jerry Pettigue from uh, Cuba City, and also previewed some of the big games that we were anticipating over the weekend. Unfortunately, a couple of them got cut short or got uh, postponed or canceled because of weather. But man, did we get some great, great games last week. You had some uh, matchups that we expect to be the first of at least two, if not potentially three. We had some top five matchups. And we had a couple of new teams in the rankings this week as a result. The uh, big games Friday night. You had Brookfield Central take down Sussex Hamilton. Central, the defending state champion in Division One, had a loss earlier this year to Madison LaFollette, but uh, a big win over previously undefeated and top-ranked Sussex Hamilton. So in the D1 coaches poll that came out uh, yesterday on WSN, unbeaten Madison LaFollette moves to the top spot in the coaches poll. I, I don't recall, but I imagine... They may have held a uh, the top spot in the polls back when uh, they won state with the Flowers brothers and Marcus Flowers leading the way, uh, but probably the first time since that happened that they were number one. Uh, Brookfield Central moved to two, Sussex Hamilton moved to three. Also last Friday night, a huge one in the Mississippi Valley Conference, uh, again one that we expect to be the first of three matchups where on Alaska took it to Lacrosse Central in the second half. Johnny Davis uh, had a big game for Central, but he was out for a little bit with foul trouble, and Onalaska uh, kind of took off from there and uh, put the game away late, especially at the free throw line, as Onalaska scored an impressive win over Lacrosse Central last week. We had a number of other big games. We had Cuba City uh, take down Darlington in, in dominating fashion, um, a, a host of, of big games that we saw last week. Unfortunately, uh, the ones that I was really looking forward to the most because I was planning to attend, the Midwest Players Classic did get canceled with the exception of one game on Saturday. Um, unfortunate, obviously, a, a great, great event that the folks at Aquinas, uh, the host for that event, put on, Brad Reinhardt, the, the head coach uh, at Aquinas. Uh, hate to see it, understand why the teams made the decisions they did in terms of travel and, and not wanting to travel with the conditions. Um, but it was, uh, it, it was going to be a great event. Didn't turn out to, uh, to work out this year, but looking forward to next year and that event coming back to Lacrosse Center. Really a great, uh, great day of games there. Uh, pretty big get day of games at Brookfield Central on Saturday as well. Um, we talked about them earlier, but they hosted the Luke Homan Classic on Saturday. 16 games last weekend, uh, last Saturday. Um, even go back to last Thursday, you had Racine St. Catharines and Dominican meeting up. Again, a game that uh, could be the first of three between those two teams. St. Cat's got that one. Uh, so the first loss for Dominican. They also did lose, by the way, on Saturday. They went out to Massachusetts and played in a national uh, spotlight event, taking on Sierra Canyon out of California, which features a handful of high major elite four and five star players and also the sons of. Dwayne Wade and LeBron James. So it was billed as a, you know, the uh, matchup between 
Wade and LeBron James against Antetokounmpo, Alex Antetokounmpo, the younger brother of Giannis, for uh, for Dominican. So uh, Dominican did not fare very well in that one, understandably, um, but that was a, a big game as well. Uh, we promised last week that as much as last week was about boys basketball, this week, though, is going to be about girls basketball. So we've got our, our recap of last week for the boys out of the way, and now we're going to turn our attention to uh, a whole bunch of talk about girls basketball. And we're going to bring in Norbert Durst, our girls basketball writer at Wisports.net, in just a minute, because there are some big, uh, interesting storylines as we head down the stretch. Some uh, some teams that are very familiar names that are dominating this year. Um, you know, one or two that maybe aren't quite as dominant as they have been, and it's going to be interesting to see how uh, things go for them, not only over the course of the regular season, but once we do get to the playoffs. For instance, is Beaver Dam going to continue to dominate like they have the last few years, winning three straight state titles? Um, and we're going to take a look at the uh, Miss Basketball race and get uh, Norbert's thoughts on that, where things stand, uh, some of the other teams and players to watch and storylines to watch over the last half of the regular season. Just a preview as well, um, just a, a little bit of a teaser, that over the next couple weeks, I will also begin work on our uh, class of 2021 football player rankings. So the current junior class will do a top 50 uh, for the 2021 class, and then also a group of players, uh, others to watch. So that'll come out over the next couple weeks. Um, and uh, we'll also update it heavily, obviously, uh, later in the summertime in July, where we'll break it down, do a top 15 at each position, do a, a refresher of the top 50 after getting a chance to see some of the kids a little bit more um, at the combine, at uh, some different events and, and camps and things like that, and get a better idea on some of the recruiting items that are coming out as well. So keep an eye out for updated football player rankings that will be coming out soon on Wisports.net. As we turn our attention and focus and discussion to girls basketball, we're going to take a, a further deep dive into all things girls hoops and especially uh, a look at some midseason type things, awards and where things stand and, and just get a uh, kind of an update on, uh, on the status of many things girls basketball with our girls basketball writer and content manager at Wisports.net, Norbert Durst. Norb, we're getting to that uh, midpoint of the season, probably just past the midpoint of the season technically. Uh, so, you know, take us through what's the state of girls basketball right now as we uh, head to the home stretch here. There's definitely a lot of excitement around this, uh, around girls basketball right now. There's, you know, a lot of teams vying for position in their, their respective conferences. You know, the teams that are, are playing some of those later our mid to late season non-conference games to see how they stack up against some of that, uh, um, some of those better teams across the state, you know, kids uh, making moves as far as, you know, their status, as far as where they were, they're uh, planted across the state compared to other kids. So there's a lot of excitement for sure. And, you know, it's getting that uh, conference title is always very important. And that, that right now is what teams are very focused on. We're going to get into a lot of kind of a, a large scale look at things here in a minute, but I want to take a look and, and talk about a particular game that is coming up this weekend that uh, I know you have had circled on the calendar and many people have had circled on their calendar for quite some time now. And that is the matchup between 
three-time defending Division II state champion Beaver Dam and two-time defending state champion Aquinas uh, in Division Four as they will meet up at the Court of Champions at the Just a Game Fieldhouse in Wisconsin Dells. Our good friends uh, over there, Dave and Joy, Kyler and Jade Royston, hosting that incredible matchup. Um, before we, I, I guess, talk about the game, um, I do want to certainly send our, our thoughts and, and well wishes out to Beaver Dam head coach Tim Chase, who is taking a, uh, a medical leave of absence from the team, uh, reported by John Mason of the Wisconsin State Journal recently. Um, but uh, it sounds like, if I'm correct, uh, that he expects to not only make a full recovery, but potentially be back by the end of the season. Is that correct? Yeah, that's what he told me as well. Uh, that's the hope. The prognosis sounds, you know, as good as it can be, he said. And, you know, it's it's a matter of, you know, going through the surgery and hopefully everything goes there um, well. And, you know, hopefully be back for the postseason as, you know, he's uh, put a lot, a lot of time and effort into the program. But obviously health is going to be coming first here for, for Coach Chase. But we definitely wish him the best and hope to see him back on the sidelines soon. So let's talk about the game itself. And uh, what is it now, three or four years since Beaver Dam has lost to an in-state opponent? Um, what would you tell us the last time against Notre Dame in the playoffs uh, a while back? Yeah, it was, is, is that correct? It was a section. Yeah, it was a sectional final against Beaver Dam against uh, Notre Dame. It would be four years ago now already, which is crazy to think that they haven't lost to a Wisconsin team in that long. But that just shows how dominant they, they've been in the past few years. And while they have posted a number of dominating wins this year, there have been a couple tighter games along the way as well. They had a close game against Germantown early in the season. And then the last two games really have been pretty competitive, including uh, one where they, was it an overtime game maybe even uh, against Reedsburg or one that came down late and then uh, a, a relatively close-ish game against Oregon at the Badger Challenge. Um, you told us early in the year that, while this was a very good Beaver Dam team, it maybe wasn't quite where the Golden Beavers have been in the past. Yeah, that's that's totally the case. And uh, against Reedsburg, uh, wasn't overtime, but Reedsburg did have a uh, an advantage at halftime, I believe, five or so points. I believe uh, the Golden Beavers started that second half on a big run, which really opened it up for them. But, you know, it's it's definitely tightened things up as we talked about in uh, earlier on this season, you know, that, that uh, difference between Beaver Dam and many of the other teams in division two, or, you know, those top teams like an Aquinas and, and others across the state, you know, it's, it's tightened up a lot and they're definitely a beatable team, but you know, one thing Beaver Dam has done well, they've, they win. And even though, you know, they've had a lot of changes, new kids moving into new roles, they continue to win. But, you know, there's definitely that uh, that opportunity for other teams in Division two to maybe find them on a night where they don't shoot the ball as well. Because I believe against Reedsburg, Reedsburg started off the game strong in that one. Um, you know, Beaver Dam didn't shoot it all that well. But for them, uh, defense helps and they're a team that can uh, tighten up on defense and and not have to score as many points, which definitely helps when they just don't have the firepower they've had in the past few years. Speaking of firepower, though, Aquinas has plenty of it. Uh, oh, they got high, it. High-scoring team. They play up and down. They play fast. They average uh, well over 80 points a game. Lexi Donarski leading the way there. I mean, is this a, a situation where you could see Beaver Dam maybe struggling to, to keep up scoring-wise with a team like Aquinas? 
Um, I would say if you if uh, Beaver Dan wanted to go that route, I would say yes. Uh, I would definitely give Aquinas the edge there. Um, the way they can spread it out with Lexi leading the way for them. Um, you know, there's going to be drive lanes, but then there's a lot of good shooters on that team. And that's what they do so well. They get so many really good shots. And, you know, it, I think it will be a little different on Saturday. I don't think those shots are going to be quite as easy as they've been in the past against some teams. Um, you know, they, Aquinas only has the one loss and that's uh, that out of state game. Um a Minnesota team uh, um, and uh, spacing on the name there, Hopkins. Um, but uh, yeah, I think if you want to make it a high score game, I think that that uh, helps Aquinas because Beaver Dam still has, you know, uh, a very good defense and Aquinas does too. But I just think if it's a little bit more of a defensive battle, I think I give the edge a little bit there to Beaver Dam, but um, it's going to be tough to slow down that high, high, uh, high potent uh, Aquinas team. That is for sure. So let's take a look at uh, these two teams and in, in the divisions they're in from a little bit wider perspective. Uh, two teams that have been number one all year, even though, as you said, each has at least one loss to, to some out-of-state opponents, very good out-of-state opponents. Um, you talked a little bit about Division Two and how some teams might be able to sneak up on Beaver Dam and that gap is closed. Is there such a thing in Division Four with Aquinas with uh, a gap closing? Is there anybody that can give them much of a challenge. We, we've seen them go against Melrose Mendoro a couple times the last few years, but they're not quite at the level they were. I mean, is, is there anybody that, that could give Aquinas some trouble in division four? I really don't think so. Uh, you know, Melrose Mendoro, it, even though they lost some good players from last year, last year's team, I think they may have improved a little bit as a team, which may sound a little wild, but you know, they, they have some uh, three talented kids on that team. Um, Emily Herzberg, Mason Bynum, Colette Lockington. And when you have a course three like that, it's, it definitely can make up for a loss of a couple of players. But Racine Lutheran has Carolyn Strandy, who puts up a ton of points. But when you're playing uh, against Aquinas, where they could put on, you know, their best defender on her, slow her down a little bit. You know, I just don't see it in division, in division four, really. Um, Howard's Grove is... Uh, they're undefeated right now as well. Same with uh, Racine Lutheran. Howard's Grove beat Aquinas uh, three years ago at the state tournament in the state championship game, um, a game that Aquinas really was leading most of the game and had control of it. But, you know, it's definitely going to take a team that really locks down defensively, um, and that's easier said than done against all the weapons that Aquinas has. But I would say that's that's really the only way um, Aquinas, lo Aquinas loses uh, to a Division Four team in the tournament. So let's go down to Division Five, where Blackhawk has been the dominant team the last couple of years and looking every bit uh, as dominant again this year. Uh, any other challengers that that could arise in Division Five, or is it Blackhawk and everybody else? That's Blackhawk and everybody else. Uh, you know, they um, played Melrose Mendoro on Saturday. Got a chance to watch that game, and you know it was close halftime. Melrose got it down to, I believe, it was a five-point game with uh, nine minutes to go or so. But you know that's just relentlessness that Blackhawk has um, defensively that is makes it things very challenging. And you know their ability to shoot the three, get to the hoop, uh, just I think it's just too much for most of those. Um, most of the teams, even in the state, let alone Division Five teams. So they, they're definitely the high a major favorite, just like Aquinas. 
Okay, so Division One, we talked uh, earlier this year about the uh, the hit that Bayport took with Emma Nagel uh, going out with an injury and what that could mean for them. They've continued on, though, and at least uh, heading into last night, they were undefeated. Uh, I, I didn't see if they played or won last night. but They um, beat Preble last night. Okay, so they, they remain undefeated. Uh, is Is it a case where... You know, that injury hasn't caught up to them yet based on the schedule they've played, or are, are they just good enough to overcome that and remain a favorite in Division One? Well, they're definitely good enough to overcome it in, as far as getting to the state tournament, I believe. Now, winning another state title might be a little more difficult. Um, Kimberly is in that sectional, and I just haven't seen quite enough on uh, whether the the drop from Bayport or just uh, Kimberly in general to say Kimberly um, because of that Emma Nagel injury makes Kimberly the favorite there, but I'm still going Bayport. You know, they're undefeated. They, you know, a couple of those games are a little bit closer recently, but you know, they're going to have games now uh, without Nagel that are going to be closer. And, you know, it's going to help them battle through that FRC, the rest of that FRCC schedule and, and uh, get a chance to play again at the rest center. But, you know, the loss of Nagel definitely hurts as far as trying to take that gold ball. Um, definitely right now it, it's Madison Memorial, uh, in my opinion, the favorite in division one, um, lots of talent. Um, and then Leilani Kapanis have that, uh, that added um, dynamic player that is always helpful to win a state title. This is probably not a fair question for anybody, but I'm going to ask it anyway, because that's what we do. Um, there's a lot of talk all the time in every sport about who's the best team in the state, you know, regardless of division or, you know, this team could win a title or, you know, be a contender in this division higher. If we talk about Aquinas and we talk about Blackhawk, for instance, at what level, at what division do you think those two teams could be competing for a state tournament appearance and or state title? Well, I would say all the way up to division one competing for maybe not, maybe not winning, but definitely competing for Aquinas. I would argue they could be winning even at the top level. Um, you know, that obviously it's, it's tough to compare, but they, they play a very good non-conference schedule. Um, that loss to Hopkins, uh, I believe is a 20 point game. But uh, Beaver Dam, who, you know, they're still number one in Division Two. They played, I believe it was Farmington and lost by more than 20. Um, so that, that, that kind of shakes out a little bit to say, well, definitely Division Two. But I would say all the way up to Division One because they're Aquinas is a very skilled team. You know, they have the weapons. Um, Blackhawk, the same. Their issue might be just the lack of, of uh, some size. Um, that would factor into those those games where um, the opposing team has a big, but both of those teams I think compete all the way at, at the Division One level. All right, so we're we're really interested to follow some of these high powered teams. Uh, four defending state champions ranked number one as of right now. Um, we didn't talk much about Division Three. We'll uh, we'll maybe circle back to uh, D three uh, at a later date, but. Um, really some interesting kind of dynamics when we're talking about uh, some of the teams uh, heading into the second half of the season and the, of course, the playoffs and state tournament. Do want to change and uh, change up a little bit and turn our attention to individuals because as we cross the halfway point, we, we start thinking about 
you know, end of season type things and in awards as well. And, and speaking of that, uh, you released the semifinalists for the WSN Senior Basketball Awards this week. Uh, so let's talk about awards and let's talk specifically about Miss Basketball. Um, I think most would peg Lexi Donarski as the favorite and perhaps a heavy favorite for Miss Basketball. Um, is that accurate? And who would have the best chance to uh, to contend for that mantle if it is not Lexi Donarski? You know, definitely go with Lexi Donarski as being a heavy favorite there. Um, you know, back-to-back uh, Division Four state titles, reached the state tournament as a freshman, helped uh, Aquinas finish as the runner-up. You know, just doesn't lose games. She's got the resume going to Iowa State. She puts up the numbers. She's great at great on defense, can score it in a lot of different ways. Uh, you know, as far as after her goes, I think there's there's a, a, a decent amount of players kind of in that, that secondary mix, if you will. Um, Leilani Kapanis, I think, you know, maybe if she doesn't miss her entire uh, or nearly entire junior year, um, I think maybe that hurt her a little bit. You know, if, you know, if she stays healthy, maybe they get to the state tournament. And because, you know, winning matters when you're talking Miss Basketball, obviously putting up numbers does too. But winning at the highest level is definitely big there. Um, other other notables, Jaden Simmons from Green Bay Southwest is, you know, she's putting up another big season going to Arizona State. Uh, Mason McGlone, who's been at the state tournament the last couple years for Hortonville, um, playing very well for the for those polar bears and polar bears might be a team that can knock off beaver dam we'll see that down the road if it could happen at the state tournament i uh, leah Ar- Ernest uh, could be in the mix as well from stevens point she's putting up some big time numbers uh for the panthers carolyn strandy as well uh second in the state in scoring just uh, a scoring machine for racine lutheran um they do uh you know a team coming from division four Along with Dinarski, you know, when you're when you're comparing the two, it's it's tough to say that she's in the same area code. But you know, it's um, Carolyn is definitely putting up some big numbers. Then you know, some other notables: Satori Tannen, who helped Middleton get to the state tournament last year, and Mortag, uh, Brookfield Central's all-time leading scorer, um, Natalie McNeil, who is looking to help uh, Germantown um, get to the state tournament this year. She's also put up some big-time numbers throughout her career. So there's a lot of kids in the mix, but. When it comes down to it, uh, as good as Lexi Donarski is, the number she's put up, not this, not only this season, but in the past, as well as helping the Blue Goals win uh, a couple state titles and potentially a third consecutive this year, really just puts her above and beyond, I think, the rest of that group right now. So that's obviously a senior-only award, Miss Basketball. At least uh, we know it is, and hopefully other people out there know it is now as well. Um, what are some other players, maybe especially underclassmen, that have made a big move here as the season has gone on in terms of their performance and what they could potentially do down the line, whether it's you know be a contender for Miss Basketball next year or in the next couple of years, or make a move for a uh, you know a scholarship opportunity or thing like that. Um, what are some some kids that have really uh, made a big move this season so far? Oh, that's that's a tough one right there. A lot of kids, I think, have had had good seasons, and you know some of those kids that might be a little bit farther down, a uh, little bit more of a, a bit of a challenging question there. But I guess that's 
that's the life of it. That's, uh, Chloe that's why Dallas, I get paid the big money to ask those yeah. kinds of questions. And that's why you get I paid think, the big money to answer those kinds of questions. Right, right. <laughs> right. I think Chloe Dallas from uh, Wauwatosa East, uh, they're struggling a bit this season, but she's a kid that can can do a lot of different things. She's got on some of those big-time uh, summer um, summer invites that's really uh, helped her stock. Samia Pitchka from Notre Dame. Um, she's elevated her play. Um, recently, both of those kids um, in the junior class, class of 2021, those are two that, that really come to mind when you're talking kids that at least uh, from the start of the season to now that I think have, have definitely improved their stock. There's, you know, even a uh, little maybe on uh, Mia Morrell from Marshall. She's, um, I don't think she's going to be a high high major player, but I think she's a kid that's going to do well at the next level. She really added a lot of, of uh, a lot of really good play for Madison Memorial after coming over from Marshall. So that's um, definitely helped uh, Madison Memorial's chances of uh, being the, the state champion in division one this season. All right. So uh, we'll, we'll kind of wrap things up here, but uh, anything else that we should be keeping an eye on here over the last you know, several weeks of the regular season as we get ready to go into the postseason coming up, uh, what is it, end of February, I guess it would be. Well, just uh, there's a lot of good basketball out there. Um, I believe it's next Friday is the rematch between Madison Memorial and Middleton. Middleton kind of got it uh, given to him the first time around, about 20-point game. But I expect that to be a different contest. And, you know, it could again be, be one of those games that's 15 plus but you know both of those teams expect to to meet again in the the postseason so that's kind of a bit of a a preview to what could be a a sectional a final contest so that should be very interesting contest to see how that that plays in and and obviously we talked about it already but the Aquinas Beaver Dam game kind of give a little bit of a feel about you know maybe division play about how how good how good really is Aquinas and and we'll see where Beaver Dam sits as far as playing and, and maybe losing to an in-state opponent. All right, always good stuff, Norbert. We're uh, looking forward to checking it out, all kinds of stuff coming out each and every day and each and every week on Wisports.net. Uh, he's Norbert Durst, the general manager, excuse me, the content manager, already handed him my job again, uh, content manager and girls basketball writer at Wisports.net. I'm Travis Wilson, the general manager at WSN. This has been a Wisports.net podcast. We'll see you at a game.